What's good, y'all? It's your boy RC Takes, and you're listening to From Long Range, the dopest hoops podcast in the game. Keep it locked and join me as we discuss the latest NBA news and notes, starting with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm giving you these takes from a long range, so make sure you subscribe and leave that five-star review. Otherwise, what you listening for? I appreciate it. Let's get it, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to another edition of From Long Range, the best hoops podcast in the game. We're live, coming to you live from Alto Team Studios. It's Thursday, September 19th, 2019. Before we get this thing started, a few shout out shout outs I want to give today. Uh, shout out to them boys over at Project Takeover, notoriously famous, PL Colton, held me down. For the longest, and I definitely appreciate them boys that show the most love and definitely give them boys a listen to what they're doing. And uh, you can definitely get them boys up on Twitter as well. Um, Project Takeover at the TakeOV. Notoriously famous NIC underscore Torius. And then, of course, just PL Colter, C O L T E R. My brother from another mother. And he on Fishbowl Radio, man. Y'all check out his show. It's the Extra Point. I think it comes on Wednesdays and Fridays, 11 to 1. So make sure y'all give him a listen. Now, today's episode, we got a few things we got to get to the bottom of, a few things we're going to rap about. We got them. We're going to give you a quick rundown on the Mavs, what they got going on. Um, a few offseason moves, nothing real big, but just catch you up on what they got going. Also, man, is, uh, is USA basketball, are they still the best team like in the world? So we got a few things I want to go over about that. A few things that I actually noticed that um um that actually give credence to this question. So I mean, it's a lot of stuff I'm, I'm gonna give you guys about that. Um, also, shout out to my boy PL Coza again. I'm I'm a uh, piggyback off of him. He created something called the Forever Ponds for the NFL. He had a few quarterbacks that he threw on there. Now, these are just guys that. We're going to push to the end of the bench and say, bro, it's over, bro. Just, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Hang them up. Now, they can still, it may seem like they still have some juice left, but for the most part, it's over for these boys, man. So, I got a few nominees that I'm going to shoot to y'all today regarding that. And then lastly, I got my WTH, my what the hell moment of the week. So, uh, that's the last one I'm going to give y'all, but stay, keep it locked. Stay tuned, man. I got a lot for you guys. MFFLs around the world. This is your Mavs update. I say around the world because I'm in a lot of Mavericks groups and I noticed we literally have fans all over the place. Uh, so my ranging from Brazil to Russia, I've seen them all over the place. So it's kind of crazy just seeing how the uh, fan base is so big and all over the place. But look, man. A lot's going on in this last week. Uh, the Mavericks, most of, well, basically the whole team, they took a trip to Miami. Basically, it was team bonding. Um, they worked out in the morning, and uh, well, they played pickup in the morning, and then they took had shots, took extra shots um, later at night. Uh, now they, this is going to be huge for the team. Everybody was there. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the. Uh, 
pictures on Instagram. I think Luka Doncic posted a picture. Uh, KP, Chris Porzingis posted a picture as well. So you definitely see that these guys are giving it an effort to try to come together. The team is relatively young, besides the old head, JJ. He's the uh, lone survivor from the championship squad. So he is the elder statesman coming back from his uh, injury. I don't think he went. I'm not sure. I don't know if he went or not. But um, I know he, he is recovering. But everybody else was there. And the, the biggest takeaway from it was basically KP's healthy, man. He, he's back to full strength, and he, he's ready to go. Uh, just, he looked uh, extremely healthy. This is coming from Dwight Powell, um, who, I mean, would have been the only other big there. Here, I'm looking at the picture, and I don't see JJ now. I see Luca. I see the rookie, Roby. Brunson, Powell, Jackson, Porzingis, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., and DeLon Wright. Don't see Courtney Lee. That's probably because he probably get, about to get moved. He probably, uh, his contract, he has underpaid, is that the right term? Underplayed his contract, or meaning he's, 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 no, he's no longer of value anymore. He's overpaid extremely, especially for his age. But that's neither here nor there. Now, um, Dirk also had his uh, charity uh, tennis match as well, so that was pretty cool just to see the see the guys come together again for Dirk. He has that every year, so that's really neat. Um, and also, this happened earlier this week, a couple days ago. R.J. Barrett, this nigga heard done lost his mind, man. My man said, uh, I guess he was asked by Bleacher Report who he wanted to posterize a dunk on or whatever, and this man said. First man he said was KP, so it's uh, it's nice to to know that he um, has us or has Kristaps in his mind already. But I mean, it, it could be just that he was asked a question, so and that's the first thing that popped in his head. Who really knows? I mean, we're we're dealing with a kid here. It ain't like he's a seasoned veteran or anything like that. I mean, what is he? 18 or 19 years old? So that that may be the uh, first name that just popped in his head. It's going to be really fun watching the Knicks and the Mavericks compete against each other because they're so young, and a lot of their uh, the players have played for each team. So the Mavericks have a few Knicks on their squad, and, and clearly the Knicks have a few Mavericks on their team. Well, not a few. I think it, the only one may be Dennis Smith Jr., which is one of the most young, exciting players in the league. Um, the only person that you're probably going to trade him for is uh, Luka or Maybe Trey Young or uh, De'Aaron Fox, someone along those lines. Um, but you're not. It's not a lot of guards that you're gonna trade uh, Dennis Smith Jr. for. He's definitely a talent, and um, he made that clear. Also, some more big news for the uh, championship squad back in 2011 was Jason Terry. He actually got named. Uh, he was named the assistant GM of the Texans leg- Texas Legends which is the uh, G League squad. I thought that was uh, really neat. So shout out and congratulations to Jason Terry. Definitely uh, deserving one of my all-time favorite Mavericks besides uh, Jason Kidd. Uh, Jason Kidd just near and dear to my heart. <laughs> That's been my boy since we drafted him and then traded him for, uh, yeah, that's the, yes, another conversation another time. Anyway, but um, yeah, the Mavericks, they were busy this past week. They had a lot going on. So um, hopefully... This segment is going to get bigger as, as the season, as we get closer to the season. Um, right now, there's really not a lot going on. Uh, it's really, this is the quiet season of the NBA. 
as we get closer to October, you know, it'll ratchet up. Um, first, uh, I can't remember when the preseason starts, but the first regular season game is October 23rd. So that's going to be um, fun and interesting to see how this club comes together and to see if they really can make the playoffs. Because being so young and then also having all this talent is going to be interesting to see how it meshes to see if they can actually take that step and enter the playoffs. Because when you have a player like Luca, he's going to be judged by playoff appearances, playoff runs, and ultimately championship rings. Um, if he's as good as, you know, we think he is, he, he should be that. He should be that uh, that guy and, and take us to the next level. Now, um, sticking on the lines of foreign players, uh, something that I actually noticed that, that made me prop, uh, present this question is like whether or not is the USA, the USA men's basketball team, are they literally still the best team in the world, the best basketball team in the world? I feel like that's a legit question right now. Um, now, give you some background on this. Let's take a look at the NBA awards from uh, last year, from 2019, I don't know, 2018, 2019. The MVP was Giannis, he's from Greece. The Rookie of the Year was Luka. He's from Slovenia. The sixth man was Lou Williams. Defensive Player of the Year was Rudy Gobert from France. They beat us, I do believe, <laughs> in the FIBA World Cup recently. And then also Most Improved Player was Pascal Siakam. He's from Senegal. And then the Coach of the Year was the uh, coach from Milwaukee, Mike Budenholzer. And oddly enough, he he has um, overseas roots as well. I do believe as far as coaching. So it's... Um, Basketball is becoming more and more of a global game, which is actually great uh, for the game itself. But it's it's going to be tough for the U.S. because the U.S. won't be able to just simply dominate by trotting 12 guys out there and saying, hey, go win us to go win it. And they, they can't do that anymore. Um, the world has caught up. They run specific offenses and, and depend on fundamentals, things that the USA gets to overlook because of how athletic we are. I mean, bro, hooping is like breathing. So I mean, the 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 more the more the fancier you are, the more um, the more forward you are with your game. Especially like in the hood, growing up, well, not even necessarily the hood. Just when you playing with your boys, the the main thing is how many rocks you can get off. You know, like how many people you can make fall and things like that. Like these are things that we thought about and that. I had coaches and different mentors approach me and say, hey, you, you don't need to look at the game that way. When you look at the game that way, you're not, you're, you're doing it a disservice, honestly. Basketball is a beautiful game intended for everybody, intended for everybody to participate that's on the floor. So when you're just sitting there pounding the ball, pounding the air out the ball, it's number one, you're easier to guard, your team's easier to guard, and it's tough. The lower levels, it's tough to uh, to win games that way. Now, the higher level, I mean, the higher you get, especially in the NBA, you have uh, anomalies. But for the most part, teams don't win by just playing one on one anymore. I mean, ask the Rockets; they <laughs> they haven't won anything important when playing that way. I mean, James Harden, he dominates the ball, and he's a top one on one player in the league, hands down. But they don't do a lot of uh, winning. Or big winning, I should say, in Houston. Um, now they'll win in the in the regular season, which is Mike D'Antoni's specialty. That's what he do. That's what he does. They win in the regular season, no question. But when it gets to the playoff 
aka nut cutting time, D'Antonio ain't got it, bruh. He ain't got it. Now, James Harden, now we'll see if the addition of Russell Westbrook will help, but who knows. But keeping on the theme of the uh, of the foreign players basically taking over uh, basketball from the United States, check out the, uh, the first, second, and third teams, all NBA teams last season. The, each of these teams had a um, a foreign player on each team, which is crazy if you think about it. Um, that's not clearly it's not normal. It doesn't happen often, but it was. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty telling. Um, you had Giannis, Giannis, or Giannis Antetokounmpo at uh, on the first team with Nikola Jokic. Also, he was on the first team. Both of those, they're uh, they weren't born in the U.S. Greece. I don't know where Nikola Jokic is from. I have to look that up. Um, now the second team, it had Joel Embiid. He was the only one, but um, I mean he's not American born, but clearly you know he went to Kansas. All that good stuff. Woo -doo -woo -doo -woo. And then third team, it actually had Rudy Gobert. So and we know what he did um, recently. So you you can see that the the world is actually catching up, and, and it's crazy. And then I didn't even mention the NBA champion. They're not even from the U.S. right now. So we just taking L's left and right. That's the championship is actually in Toronto right now. Uh, with the Raptors, they won. They won the chip last year, so the U.S. does have some catching up to do. Um, and I, I feel like the FIBA World Cup um, it shone a light on something that the USA has been trying to avoid for the longest. Um, naturally, in, in the world, you always looking for somebody to blame. Uh, in this particular case, I feel like um, I feel like the blame is being placed in an inaccurate spot. Uh, the, the, the main thing that is, that, well, the main reason why the U.S. lost the FIBA World Cup is because of money. And what I mean by that is the money that the players are making is too significant enough for them to miss or to risk being injured at all. Now, prior to, I feel like, uh, Maybe the pride or the the feeling you get of representing your country, it superseded the money. But at this point, I mean, you're looking at guys like that turned down the opportunity to play. You're talking about Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. These guys signed big deals in the offseason. Huge. I'm talking about $100 million deals. There's no way they're going to go over to FIBA and risk being injured playing like extremely competitive ball. And when they just fresh coming off signing the contract, there's no way it's not it's not worth it. The pros and cons just don't match. So, I mean, granted, each individual player, you can understand why he turned it down. But it's not going to bode well when uh, Colangelo creates the new team because he's definitely going to look past the guys that made commitments and, and and didn't honor them. He's already said that. So that's nuts. But once again, um I, I feel like the reason why the world is catching up so much with the U.S. is because the U.S. team, basically, as a whole, USA basketball, like ground roots all the way up, we don't, we no longer value our, I mean, it might be taught, but it's not valued, fundamentals. Whenever you see a, a fundamental kid, he's typically, oh, look at the white boy, he's fundamental. Like, he, it's that he has a stereotype attached to him. Um most of the time, the kid that's getting all the looks is the one doing all the dunks and all the between the legs, pounding the air out the ball. You a lot of a lot of kids that are actually fundamental or players in general, they don't they don't get the looks that they deserve. And I feel like 
that is a underbelly reason why the USA is slowly losing their grip as the, the best basketball team in the world. Um, now, clearly, if, if we would have put the best uh, American-born basketball players out there, we would have won. But it's still, um, it still says a lot that we finished seventh. Yes, seventh, even with our second-tier players. We finished seventh. 5-0 and in group play, and then as soon as we got to the tournament, we lost two straight. So that tells you that either those players lost interest as far as long as uh, as the play continued, they lost interest in playing. They just said, you know what, it's just really not worth it. Let's just give it up. Or they were truly overmatched. I'm going to go with the latter. I, I really think they were overmatched. They played some really, really tough squads. Uh, they, the Spain team had Ricky Rubio, Marcus Hall on it. Um, for Nat, Rudy Fernandez, I think so. They they were really really talented, but um, it, it was really it was great, man. It was a great uh tournament, great FIBA World Cup, but horrible experience for the U.S. and they'll have to recover. Um, the Olympics will be the next opportunity to do that, and um, that it'll be a lot on the line uh, as far as the reputation. I mean, we still finished with the number one rank when the FIBA, FIBA World Cup, when they dropped the new rankings, the USA was still ranked number one, clearly, because they know why. The elephant in the in the room is who didn't who didn't play as opposed to who did play. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, but we'll be right back, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, he do, bro. <laughs> he got a lot of money. <laughs> oh, that's an understatement. That's uh, Dame Lillard, y'all. Um, his new album he dropped, I do believe, last month. It's called Big Dollar. Uh, that was actually Moneyball we were listening to right now. And the whole album is a banger. Trust me, y'all. That's something you uh, definitely won't waste your time checking out. Now, um, now, um, right now we're going to review these NBA Forever Pines. This is something that I got from my boys over at, uh, well, my boy over at Project Takeover. Uh, no shade to Notoriously Famous, but P.L. Cota, um made this famous, bro. His Forever Pines, he had some football players that he felt like should retire, had not retired yet. These are some examples. He gave us Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. Those are pretty obvious. And then he gave us Cam Newton. I thought that was controversial. I mean, my man just hurt. He just sprained his foot, give him an opportunity to come back. And I mean, he might just need to leave Carolina altogether, but this ain't a football show. Let's go holler at PL and notoriously famous. They'll, they'll take care of you with all your football needs. But um, as far as the NBA is concerned, these are my forever ponds, the ones that get your ass to the end of the bench, bro. And, and if so, can we get them sneakers about you, bro, please? Because uh, I, I feel like these guys may have something left in the tank, but it's time for them to hang it up. First on this list, I'm going to go with Nene. I don't even know if he signed with anybody, but the last time I saw him with the Rockets, bro, it's a wrap. You need to give it up, my man. Um, also, we're going to go with Vince Carter, um, him. Um, also, uh, simply based on the fact that he's played forever. 
My man was drafted in the 90s, and he's been a staple in the NBA ever since. Uh, arguably the best dunker the league's ever seen. But but still, bro, at what point do you want to just go chill and be boring? <laughs> but that, that's, you know how it is, man. It's hard to get the game uh, out of you once you, you play for so long. Also, Jose Calderon and Nick Young made this list, though I feel like those are two pretty obvious ones. Jose Calderon is still on the NBA roster, I do believe. And if I'm not mistaken, it is Detroit. I think it is Detroit. Also, man, I can't believe I'm really about to say this. But I'm, I'm really going to put Jamal Crawford on this list, bro. I think it's time for him to hang it up. He's had an illustrious career, multiple uh, six-mans of the year. So this is a guy he can go ahead and hang it up, man. You, you've done everything. You've exceeded expectations. You've uh, you've been a, a model NBA player. Uh, player someone that all other players can look up to and try to model their career after so i mean it's time for him to hang it up bro go hang it up kick your feet up get your bottle of wine and just chill i mean these are my forever ponds now this last person that i am going to mention well before i even mention him let me tell you guys about uh the the forever pond that the premonition i had about forever pond forever ponds before P.L. Coulter even put me on game. And this was probably a month into writing for Dallas Force Nation. I proposed the the thought that Dirk should have uh, retired a year sooner. Man, when I tell you all of Mavericks Nation, bruh, they ate me alive. I don't even know what to say, bruh. Like, that was probably, at the time, it was my most viewed tweet post whatever you want to say they gave me absolute hell however it is my most viewed article i don't know no it's not anymore it was my most viewed article like 1700 views but i've done one since about Jalen brunson that's got over 3000 so uh we, we made a come up but i do have some experience with forever ponds i feel like dirk was my inaugural forever pond he's at the top of the mount rushmore and then it just trickles down from there um <laughs> But that's not to say that these guys won't be absolute dogs in the big three. Everybody that I, everybody that I name, I feel could go to the big three and absolutely dominate. And that's that's a fact. Now, to close this thing out. Well, we're getting close to closing this thing out. And I, I'm going to go over here with you guys. Lastly, my what the hell moment of the week. Absolute what the hell moment of the week. I'm perusing the internet, you know, like normal people do. And I come across something that I felt was, wow, astonishing. First off, I want to set the precedent that the place that I'm about to describe is a place for higher education. This is a college, people. This is where you go to after high school to, you know, mature, learn something, you know, be somebody, right? So you would think that that will be taken into account when in all aspects of the school, not just in the education field, but athletics, everything. But this school, the Rhode Island Institute of Design, that's the Rhode Island Institute of Design. Their mascot's name is Scrody. Yes, guys, I said Scrody. Um, that is their mascot. Um, just to give you a little bit more tidbit, please Google this, y'all, please. The Rhode Island Institute of design. Their mascot's name is Scrody. Just to give you a little insight on the school, 
They have nicknames for the basketball team and the hockey team. The basketball team, they are the balls. And the hockey team, they are the nads. So uh, do with that what you, you will. But uh, that is my what the hell moment of the week. Before we get out of here, I want to update you guys on my podcast, Fantasy Football League. Shout out to the uh, my podcast family, my podcast bros. Uh, last week, we gave uh, somebody the business. Who did we get a business to last week? Uh, I probably don't need to shout them out because they probably mad they took the L. But Oh yeah, welcome to the club. We gave them that work 166 to 130 uh, this week in week three. Week three action, we're gonna take on the Hot and Fresh podcast. Shout out to them boys, you can find them on Twitter. Um, they are 0-2, unfortunately, on the season. I am 2-0. and Last week, Patrick Mahomes acted a plump ass with 63.6 points for me. Ridley had 26.5. Um, so those were my two players of the week for my fantasy football team. Um, this week, I'm looking for Julian Edelman to have a huge week for me. Um, he, they are playing the Jets, which bodes well for me. The Patriots are playing the Jets, which bodes well for me. Is why I picked him to be my most outstanding player. P.L. Coaster, I'm pissed off at you. I started Deion Lewis thinking that he'd be able to get some rocks off against Jacksonville. My man came out with three points. So, uh, yeah, we beefing. Uh, get at me. We, we definitely have, uh, issues regarding that. Guys, I appreciate you all for rocking with me through this whole time. Um, I hope that episode two was definitely better than episode one. There's gonna be a progress. Uh, we're gonna get progressively better with each episode, bringing out that heat, that uh, basketball in general heat regarding everything, uh, hoops, NBA, basketball, anything. Uh, I'll definitely to keep that uh, coming to you guys. Once again, I appreciate you um, rocking with me and um, be blessed, have a good weekend. Everything that you do, do it big. Episode two is a wrap.